and welcome to mini episode 203 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from September the 9th, 2022. And story number one comes from Cece. Oftentimes when we think of a ghost story, we think things like profound experiences, life-changing spectres, haunted people even. Having listened to this podcast the last several years, I now know that there's more to a simple ghost story than that. My family and I moved into our current family home in a small town in southeastern Wisconsin in 2000. I was seven, my little brother was a baby, and my mom and stepdad were recently married. It was an exciting time meeting new neighbours, starting a new school, and living in our own home with our new little family. My mom was a badass single mom, for the record. I've always been a creative kid and certainly opened the typical yearnings of a seven-year-old amateur spookster human version of Casper, as my boyfriend in my dreams, imaginary friend named Lydia, Edward Scissorhands as a family Halloween movie fave, pretending I was Matilda, you get the gist. I can't say for certain whether I felt the presence in the home as a young kid like I do now, but I did know for certain that I was never fully alone there. Shortly after we moved in, my parents went out and left us with a new babysitter. She put me to bed in my bedroom, the last one being on the end of the hallway on the right. Directly across from my room was my parents. Being seven and despite all of my spooky tendencies, I was of course still afraid of the dark, so the sitter had left the hallway light on for me. It illuminated my door frame on the far side of my bedroom wall that from my position in bed I was facing. My mom had hand-painted a beautiful maple tree on my wall which lined up perfectly with the bright light of the hallway coming in through the door frame. As I was admiring each leaf she painstakingly stenciled, I watched the dark shadow of a full body of an elderly man wearing a bucket hat walk slowly from one side of my doorframe to the other, seemingly into my parents' room. I could feel my heart pounding and my eyes widening. I froze, later on understanding that fight or flight are not options for me, and finally, I somehow got the courage to fly out of my bed, sprint down the hallway and rush into the living room where, in hindsight, I must have scared the shit out of this babysitter, calmly watching TV while trying to reassure a seven-year-old that she didn't just watch the shadow of an old man walk into her parents' bedroom. Of course, kindly, she walked me back to my room, flipped on the lights to my parents' bedroom and searched it thoroughly. All the while, I'm sure something is going to jump out at her like those old chain emails from the mid-2000s. Alas, nothing did, and back to bed I was sent. Seriously, I can't believe I never asked her about her thoughts that night when we were both older. I would have surely shit myself after drop-kicking any seven-year-old down that stairs that pulled that crap on me. Although I had illustrious babysitting career, I consider myself blessed. Though there was a general feeling of uneasiness in the house, I'll admit it was not malicious feeling, but mischievous nonetheless. As I got older, I asked my mom about it, knowing full well my sceptic stepdad and brother certainly were not going to entertain it, and she fully admitted that she too felt and experienced shifty shadows out of the corner of her eye. I was once home alone, likely watching Zach Bagans shout profanities at ghosts, when I placed both my feet down on the ground to walk to the bathroom, fully expecting my ankles to be grabbed. They were not. But, as I was washing my hands in the bathroom, my brother's room across from me, I turned to leave. 
and watched a bright turquoise orb about the size of a golf ball fly from one side of his room to the other into his closet. Towards my wall. Oh hell no. I did the you saw nothing glance back at the mirror at myself, flipped the bathroom light off and walk ran to the couch, curling up in a ball and waiting there with Zach as my company until my parents came home. I was in my teens by this time and the feeling of someone always being behind you, near you or close to you was constant. The last experience could be blamed on gravity I suppose, but it was still bizarre. It was the height of MySpace 2007 and I was likely updating my background song to My Chemical Romance or Fallout Boy on the computer in my mom's basement office. My back was to the room and to the entrance of the creepy damp laundry room next to the stairs. I know, scary movie trope, am I right? There had been three or four boxes stacked high with heavy dishes and kitchen items for weeks next to the stairs, just about leaning in the doorway to the laundry room. Well, when that usual feeling of a presence got stronger than normal, I started to become bold enough to address it, acknowledge it, remind it that it was okay, that it was here, but not to bother me. Apparently, I didn't say this soon enough this time because the stack of boxes slowly shifted and slid, stopping themselves from crashing onto the floor by leaning on the door frame across from them, like a slump in slow motion. And I swear I saw a flash of black from the corner of my eye as this happened. Once again, I just stared as I watched the boxes stop themselves on the door frame. This time concerned about the contents, I quickly ran over and pushed them back up against the wall. I think I took this moment to acknowledge what I to this day think is a young playful spirit and simply said hello. But hiding my MySpace account would have to wait because I was not staying down there another moment. Whether it's as simple as not feeling fully alone or a full-bodied shadow, I believe we all experience whatever these strange occurrences are for a reason. Perhaps these entities are comfortable with us or simply want acknowledgement. I'm grateful I don't need to be there alone much anymore. But you bet your Ouija board I still walk up those stairs sideways with my back to the wall, looking straight down. I think, is that a universal thing where, like... I get those moments when I'm walking upstairs. So in my house growing up, there was no stairs. So my mum and dad's house is a bungalow. There's no stairs. And and I've lived in houses with stairs like for most of my adult life. And I still get those, that feeling of like having to sprint up the stairs and sort of fling myself into bed because I'm convinced that somebody's going to grab my ankles on the way up or there's somebody following me on the way up the stairs. Why do we do that to ourselves? Even as adults, it's so silly. I have to say as well going back to the beginning of your story where you sort of described yourself as being like you know the, a spooky little kid and oh I fancied I fancied Casper and human version of Casper so much when I was a kid I wanted him to be my boyfriend but seeing the shadow of an old man sort of walking across your wall sounds absolutely terrifying I bet you your babysitter was like fuck this spooky little bitch <laughs> I bet you she nearly shit herself. I'd be like, oh, let's not check the bedroom. Let's sit down here and uh, panic until the parents come home. We'd be like the episode of The Simpsons where Marge is a gambling problem and they think there's boogeyman in the house. <laughs> like that is that that was that is how I would behave. I'd be behind the TV or behind the sofa rather with a shotgun. That's that's what would happen. And I do wonder, like, if you're a spooky kid, if you're a spooky teenager, if you're a spooky adult, do these do these entities know and do they know listen if I show myself to this person they're more likely to believe me and validate my own existence I don't know also I I did look up the colour 
meaning of orbs for this. Um, they didn't specifically say turquoise, but I'm going to go for blue. Um, blue is a very calming color and it is a color of psychic energy and the color of truth. So the presence of blue orbs signifies the impression of calm energy and some say blue orbs are the presence of spirit guides dwelling within the location, which actually would make sense for the context of this story. So maybe you're right, maybe there are little little entities that are residing in the area like a mischievous kind of child entity or the entity of an older man or maybe even and the entity of an older man maybe there's both and maybe the ghost in the basement knocking over all the stuff against the wall just wanted you not to update your myspace with really emo song lyrics to try and get the attention of the person that you fancied and story number two comes from lauren I'm a pet sitter, I love what I do and I sometimes joke that I'm a professional couch surfer. But in all actuality I take a huge amount of pride in caring for someone's beloved pets and home while they're away. On this night in particular I was caring for a dog who I've sat for a few times already. I was familiar with the neighbourhood, the home and of course the dog. The only difference this time round was the room in which I was sleeping. The reason for the change up was due to the heat. Being by the beach, it's common for many homes not to have central air conditioning. Windows open all the time is usually how it is. But we had an intense heat wave and mixed with the humidity, it was best to keep everything closed. The owner's room was the only room that had an air conditioning unit in it, so they suggested that I sleep there. The dog was also used to sleeping in there, so I didn't mind switching it up. Now, I would also like to mention that pet sitting for big dogs always brings me a sense of comfort. I feel an extra level of security knowing that I have a good-sized guard dog at my side. If anyone were to break in, I'd have high hopes that a big dog could scare someone off or would alert me, thus giving me time to get my wits about me in case I needed to defend myself. As I was getting ready for bed, I took a moment to observe the new room that I'd be sleeping in. I took extra notice of a rather odd and disturbing painting on one of the walls. It freaked me out so I didn't look for long, but I did tell myself that is creepy and went on to think why on earth someone would hang that up in their room, especially when all of the other artwork on the walls was normal, like flowers and other nature. Eventually, after putting on a movie, I drifted to sleep and the next thing I know, I was awoken to the sound of low growling. I opened my eyes but did not move. I was waiting because maybe the dog was dreaming. Surely he'd be more intense if a stranger was approaching us. But again I heard the growl that tells me he was awake. I sat up and in the darkness I see a short shadow figure at the end of the bed. It was dark in the room but the figure was darker. I could not make out any features. I was frozen but the blurry shadow began to move. It crossed along the end of the bed almost pacing. My feet were now on the ground and its presence became childlike, almost as if it wanted me to chase after it. I'm not sure if all of the spooky stuff I listened to had trained me for this moment, but all I could think to do was yell, Go away! I'm surrounded by love and light, you have to get out of here. The figure continued to shift at the end of the bed. I repeated those kinds of sayings, but specifically telling it that I was surrounded by love and light. Finally... What I had made out to be a little boy, still in shadow form, ran along the bed opposite me and vanished into the wall. I ran out to the living room and opened a couple of doors to air out the spirit and continued to repeat these sayings. Get out, you have to leave now. When I suddenly realised one of the doors I opened was not where it should be. 
in that instance, I woke from this dream. As a listener, I know there's been talk in the past about connecting the paranormal and dreaming. One point that's been brought up is how for most, dreams never take place in the room they're actually in. For me, this is true. So for this dream to take place exactly where I was sleeping, for nothing to be out of place until the end, it really freaked me out. I looked at the time and it was around 1.30am and dead silent. The dog was still sleeping soundly and the air conditioning had turned off. My brain would not let me look around more than that. I turned on a YouTube video on my phone and stayed up until 3am when I was finally tired enough to stop fighting the sleep. I was so terrified that I would fall back into that same dream and see that little boy again. Fighting those intrusive thoughts worked and luckily I dreamt of something entirely different and slept soundly until morning. I don't know if what I dreamt of was just a nightmare my brain decided to give me, or maybe a toying presence came from the painting. I'm writing this as if it happened a long time ago, but it was just last night. I've eight more sleeps here. I guess I'm hoping this was just a one-time thing and of course it's always best to jot down dreams as soon as you can, but as I go back to bed tonight, I know I'll have to fight the thought of seeing that little shadow boy pacing at the end of the bed, and I don't think I'll be taking a glance at that painting anymore. Oh. Lauren, I just sounded like Nessa from Gavin and Stacey there. Uh, Lauren, I want to know what that painting was. What was on the painting? If you've watched my Loch Ness vlog, the vlog I did where I went and stayed in Loch Ness and went hunting for the Loch Ness monster, I did stay in a monastery and in the monastery there was this painting of all these monks and honestly it was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. I actually had to cover it up during the night because I was too afraid to sleep in the room with the painting of the monks I like I'm, I'm, that is not that was not for dramatic effect it honestly scared the bejesus out of me so I'm dying to know what this painting was and after I had said on the podcast that like people you know that I never have dreams like in the room that I'm staying in or anything like that I can tell you that I've had countless countless messages and emails from people who say that they dream about the room they're staying in all the time so I think I, I was pretty wrong on that one and I just want to take this moment to give a shout out to all of our pet sitters out there I think it's a very big job. I, in particular, when I had Bimmy, was a very anxious cat mother and I had a lovely, lovely pet sitter who used to come around and look after look after little Bimmy. And honestly, it's I think you have to have the patience of a saint to be a pet sitter when dealing with pet owners. That is for sure. And Lauren, I'm dying to know how the rest of your stay went. Did you see the little boy again in your dreams? Did, you, did anything untoward happen in the house? Tell us what the scary painting was. I'm dying to know. Thank you so much to CC and Lauren for sending in your stories. Thank you so much to you for listening. And if you have a story that you would like to send in, you can email it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. 